Closer Look. Convoy of Hope stands on the ready to meet emergency needs here and worldwide. Let's hear where they've sent some big rigs and boats. Hi, Ethan. Hey, Maria, great to be with you again. There's so much going on, it's easy to get overwhelmed. But we're going to talk about hope today. Bringing hope to the scene can really do a lot of good. As we feed kids or empower women or teach agriculture, there's there's hope that's given out. We see it. It makes a world of difference. I had an opportunity to speak with the Maui Visitor and Convention Bureau, and they are excited to say that Maui is reopen. But Convoy had quite a bit of work to do alongside many, many other relief groups. Obviously, you can't take trucks across the ocean. So tell us how Convoy was involved. Well, that has complicated the response a little bit. But, you know, Convoy of Hope does a lot internationally, a lot of international disaster responses. So that helped us a great deal in this response, even though it's a U.S. response. You're right. It's over a giant ocean. So uh, we relied on our international context and, and, and responses of the past to be able to respond quickly to Maui. And we were there within a couple of days. We had team members on the ground within a couple of days of that horrific wildfire. We shipped many things over by boat. We shipped some things over by airplane and just uh, worked to get the, the supply to the people just as quickly as we could, knowing that it's going to be a very long-term response for that island. Some zones are opening after the decontamination of that area so they can get in and and really, I mean, literally sift through their belongings because much of it is ashes on the ground. So part of what we're doing now is providing sifters. We're working with Home Depot to provide sifters for people, literal sifters. Can imagine that, uh, having to go through your belongings with a sifter to find things that are valuable that they can hang on to. Nearly 7,000 people, I understand, were displaced and put up in uh, several hotels, dozens of hotels. Convoy provided vouchers and, and supplies at those hotels. They were either in resorts where they were being housed or they were in what they were calling family hubs where families bring in extended family and even people from the neighborhood and several families are living in one house that wasn't burned to the ground. Uh, so we responded to those resorts with things that people needed. Power grids were, were literally fried. We had a partner that built battery boxes. So one of the things that we would provide uh, were these battery boxes that could they could run some LED lights, they could charge phones, they could run fans for people who were in this house with no air conditioning all day. And they were solar uh, recharged, so they could put them outside and let the sun charge them. Uh, and one of the big things that, that people were utilizing during the immediate aftermath of these wildfires, because cell towers were down, lines were down, uh, were two-way radios. So that's how people were communicating, the old-fashioned two-way radio on the island in the immediate aftermath. So these battery boxes that we were giving out could also charge those two-way radios. So they were really invaluable in the immediate aftermath of the wildfire. Are the battery boxes something new? I hadn't heard of them before. Yeah, there was a partner uh, that, that said, hey, we've got these battery boxes that we're building right now for this. Could you 
help us get them to people. And we said, absolutely. This is a literal godsend. People need these. So we worked with this partner to have these built and then we handed them out to people. You know, part of what Convoy says is we can do more together than we can apart separately. So we're happy to work together. We have many, many partners that we work with. Since the the wildfire, we've been working with about seven churches directly on the island and then indirectly 12 to 15 churches. And part of what Convoy of Hope wants to do is empower the local church. So we want to work with the local church to reach their community. When eventually we know that Convoy of Hope is going to leave an area, whether that's two weeks, two months, two years down the road, depending on the severity of the disaster, the local church will be there long after Convoy leaves to be able to minister to the greater needs of people. uh, And that is their spiritual needs. Mm. Do you have any specific projects that you're working on uh, going forward now that Maui has reopened for tourism and the cleanup is in full force. Is there anything specific Convoy is doing? Yeah, we continue to distribute uh, basic necessities to people who need them. There are still some people who are still displaced and they don't have a place to live. So what Convoy of Hope is doing now is working to fund uh, a community of tiny houses which will be temporary housing up to two years. Uh, And we're supplying a lot of the furniture and appliances that go in those tiny houses just so people can get out of shelters, come back to normal a little bit. And we know that it's going to be long-term before a lot of these houses are rebuilt. So the tiny houses are a way for people to kind of get back to being on their own. Tiny houses are are free to them. There's no charge for people to live in those houses. So we found that that's a good way to just give people uh, a bit of a sense of normalcy again. That giant ocean between the coast of California and Hawaii uh, does make it difficult to get things from here to there. But Convoy's recently built a brand new mega distribution center. Tell me more about that. Yeah, we're really excited about that. And even before its official grand opening, that 70,000 square foot warehouse located in Sacramento, which is actually the same area where, uh, interestingly, Convoy of Hope was organized as a charity back in 1994. So it's a little homecoming for us. So it's already been very instrumental in cutting down on the, the length of time that it takes to get the supply from the continental United States over to the islands of Hawaii. So it's really been great. We're looking forward to the advantage that that's going to give us along the West Coast, up and down the coast, whenever something happens, uh, and just be able to to minister to the people there and and better facilitate relationships with local churches out in that area with that brand new uh, regional distribution center. For those who don't know, Convoy is based in Springfield, Missouri. Is Sacramento your second regional distribution center, or is that just one of several? It is our very first regional distribution center. It's part of a plan that we have to open up uh, those warehouses, basically, in different parts of the country so that it will cut down on our time when we respond. So I think the next one, we're looking at the southeast because we're down there a lot for hurricanes. So the, the, the next step in this process is to get one in that area, maybe the Atlanta area, somewhere down there that's out of the hurricane zone, but close enough for us to get our supply and our emergency vehicles down into the hurricane zone quickly following a hurricane. So that's it's, that's that's a plan the convoys had. Uh, it's been a dream for a long time. So the the fact that we're able to start to bring it to fruition is is really a blessing for the organization. And it just allows us to, to store more goods so that we can respond uh, better and more quickly whenever something happens. 
I'm Maria Morgan. This is Closer Look. Speaking with Ethan Foreheads of Convoy of Hope, catching up on how they're helping the people recover in Maui from the Lahaina fire. But there are also some other things going on, Ethan, right? You you are still working on what happened to the Mississippi area in March with the tornadoes. There's, of course, the ongoing war in Ukraine. What other things are you working on helping people recover? Uh, yeah, those, those tornadoes that hit the Mississippi area, they were very strong this spring. We responded uh, immediately with a lot of the supply that people need in the aftermath. Convoy of Hope uh, responded to 75 disasters last year. Uh, There's 52 weeks in a year. So you kind of get an idea of just how busy our teams are. They're always responding to something somewhere. Uh, Hurricane Adalia uh, down in Florida was a a very strong hurricane that hit the the Big Bend area of Florida. People are still recovering there. So Convoy of Hope is still working in Florida to help people. There's one good thing about a hurricane in my estimation and Convoy's estimation is that you can see it coming. You can plan for it. We can get ourselves in place just out of the zone and be able to move in as it moves out. But for these other disasters uh, and and the the wildfire in Maui, we've heard so many stories about how quickly it happened. There was no warning for people. Uh, People were just uh, there was one pastor that we talked to there. He had a knock on his door. It was a neighbor saying, you got to get out. Fire's coming. Uh, So they immediately left and left everything behind there and their home burned down. That was a story we heard so many different times. And it's a tornado or an earthquake or so many things that happen without warning. Uh, So Convoy's teams really have to be on the ready like a group of firefighters waiting for that bell to ring. And when that bell rings, they've got plans in place. We have partners all over the place in this country and around the world because a, a large part of what we do is partner with churches. They become our eyes and ears on the ground. So even as we're driving to a scene, we're on the phone with those church partners of ours saying, where, where are we needed the most? Do you have room for us to set up our trucks on your parking lot? Is there another church in town? Is there another community that needs us more? We can make call those audibles on the way down. Down. We then set up on a large church parking lot and uh, because they're big and empty most of the time, right? So we set up there. That becomes home base for Convoy as we do distributions. And then my favorite part is that we call on the church's volunteers. They've got an army of volunteers. They put on Convoy of Hope t-shirts and then it's the community helping the community. It's the church helping meet the needs of the community. Because as I talked about before, eventually Convoy is going to leave and the church is still there to minister to their needs. So Convoy is also working overseas. Uh, I mentioned Ukraine. There was a terrible quake in Morocco um, that displaced nearly 3 million people. Turkey and Syria, the quakes that hit there in February, And also, of course, what's happening in the Middle East. Can you tell us anything about what Convoy is doing in those areas? We're providing emergency supplies to families displaced by the conflict in Israel and in Gaza. There's not a whole lot more that I can say about that just to keep our our partners and our teams safe there. But uh, suffice to say, Convoy of Hope takes it very seriously. We are on the ground working uh, in the Middle East. 40,000 pounds of food supplies have come in by cargo plane. That's interesting. There are so many different areas of Israel and, and Gaza that that need the help. And having the, the history we have with our transportation partners really allows us to get that supply to the people just as quickly as possible. We're still working in Afghanistan following the, the devastating earthquake there. We're still working in Libya following flooding, extreme, extreme flooding there. Two dams burst and just flooded entire communities out to sea. 
the earthquake in Morocco is something the Convoy of Hope is still responding to. Convoy was helping get donkeys to Moroccans after the quake. Yeah. Well, the donkey equals car over there in many, many instances. Uh, and sometimes that's the only way to, to get around. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that's great about Convoy of Hope is the ability to change up the game plan <laughs> and figure out what works. And when somebody says, you know, that's not going to work, but I think this might, we take that seriously and say, okay, well, then how can we do that? Whatever that is. In this instance, it's donkeys. Convoy is able to to change and to roll with the punches to make the greatest impact. And I, and I don't think that just happens by chance. I, you know, the, we pray for the Lord to go before us and to help our strategy. Uh, and that's one of the ways that he does that. He gives us ideas and new ways to do things that maybe we hadn't thought of before. Fascinating. I love that. That is uh, innovation and then distribution. <laughs> yes, working together. There were wildfires in Canada that were right a couple of weeks before the Maui wildfire convoy is still responding to those wildfires in Canada. There's a conflict in Sudan. The convoy of hope is still actively responding to the war in Ukraine is something the convoys responding to on a daily basis and really has been since the start of the war. Uh, and yes, you mentioned the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. We're still working to respond there. And then there's a the, the hunger crisis in the Horn of Africa is really a serious problem. Too much water in Libya, not enough water in Kenya. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a very serious problem that I think I predict that you'll see more of on the news in the coming months. But it appears to be on the way to becoming a famine. It is very, very serious. So Convoy is working in Somalia and Kenya, different parts of the Horn of Africa to try to meet the needs. So water for Kenyans who've suffered six failed rainy seasons, but coats and sweaters and shoes for Turkey and Syria. Yeah, you know, every response is different. And the, uh, in Turkey and Syria, a lot of tents too. Immediately, there were so many aftershocks from those earthquakes since they were so powerful that so many buildings came down and others people were afraid to go back into because there might be an aftershock that will bring it down. Uh, so a lot of people needed tents. So a lot of what we provided there, in addition to the food and water, were uh, just temporary living shelters, tarps, things like that, sleeping bags. That was all very, very necessary. Uh, and we gave out a lot of that sort of thing. And so as, as were coats, because it hit, those earthquakes hit in the middle of winter there, you need a coat, uh, especially in the overnight hours of the desert. So uh, those those responses continue. Convoy of Hope is really Always looking long term. Many times we're there for many months after the tele television cameras leave. Uh, but Convoy of Hope makes a point to stay for as long as we can. That's kind of one of Convoy's mottos. You're listening to Closer Look. I'm Maria Morgan. My guest is Ethan Foretz of Convoy of Hope. Ethan, how can we pray? Well, that's the number one thing that we always ask for is is prayer. And we know that your listeners are praying people. So uh, we pray for favor for our teams, safety for our teams, no matter where they're going. It's, it's a couple of war zones right now. We pray for missionaries of supply because that's really what donors are. I had a, heard a pastor reference it this way one time, and it's really made an impact on me. Uh, not everybody's going to be on the disaster response team of Convoy of Hope responding on the front lines, but they can't do what they need to do on the front lines without the funding that comes in to allow that supply to get to the front lines. And that's where those those donors come in, the missionaries of supply. So uh, we need we need that and we need the Lord's direction 
and insight. We need the right strategy in the right place to be able to meet the needs of the people in the right way. So we'll take those prayers any day. To keep up with the ongoing relief that Convoy supplies in the U.S. and worldwide, visit their website, convoyofhope.org.